the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it very much. Tell your friends about it. Listen to the podcast, which Jeff puts on the website at 989theanswer.com every single day. We now have clarity on why a Circleville Police Department fired the officer in charge of the uh, canine officer that bit the truck driver who led deputies on a low-speed chase in his semi-truck for 30 miles. Turns out that the officer did not get fired for unleashing the dog on what he perceived to be an uncooperative uh, driver of the semi. Uh, The officer, it turns out, was fired because he talked to too many people about, or at least during, the period where he was twisting in the wind, waiting for Circleville's police department to clear him of wrongdoing, uh, reported by multiple outlets today. Uh, The officer... Sounds to me, looks to me, seems to me, was extremely stressed out by the process and by the feeding frenzy that ensued in the media because, oh, he let a dog loose and it bit a truck driver who was uh, not resisting arrest, but had resisted arrest for however long it took him to drive 30 miles in his semi with a bunch of cops chasing him. Uh, And he talked to people about it. And he broke down in tears at times talking about it. And there is apparently no crying uh, in Circleville police matters. Now, I don't know this officer. I don't know anybody in the Circleville Police Department. And I don't know if this guy made a mistake or did not make a mistake unleashing the dog. We've got State Highway Patrol on the scene. We've got Circleville Police on the scene. Those are two different police agencies. And they may have different protocols. And in fact, they were saying two different things to this guy when he was pulled over. That's always the risk when you have different police agencies responding to the same call. One might have a protocol that says one thing. Another agency might have a protocol that says something else. Uh, This officer unleashed the dog. The state highway patrol was telling him, don't unleash the dog. But the guy, the driver, the one who had not cooperated with police up to that point, may have been doing something, posturing in such a way that the release of the dog was justified. In fact... The Circleville investigation, the internal investigation, had apparently cleared this officer that he acted within departmental policy and had done nothing wrong. So he got fired for violating the order from the police officials that he not talk to people about the incident while it was under review and that he apparently broke down and became emotional at times talking about other people. Um This seems to me like Circleville police are taking an easy way out. It would be controversial to retain him. It would be more controversial to say he did nothing wrong. That is what their internal investigation found. Uh, I find it to be questionable 
that you would use this guy's emotional reaction to to his career being in peril as the linchpin to fire him. I just don't think that's honorable. I get it. He violated orders. He talked to people he wasn't supposed to talk to. But perhaps that could have been made more clear to him that, hey, can't talk about this until we issue our final investigation. And the reason why you can't talk about this is because if you do talk about this, we will fire you for that, not for doing something wrong with your dog. So this guy is no longer employed. And the uh, feeding frenzy that ensued in the mainstream media over his uh, releasing the dog, well, they all feel like they are, uh, well, they can now proudly display uh, a pelt on the wall that they got a police officer fired. Big moment in a small life for all those who exult in that kind of nonsense. Uh, Now, the presidential primaries... Uh, grind toward the first presidential debate, August the 23rd. We still don't know if Trump is going to show up or not. Uh, What we do know is that um, Trump is a lot more fascinating topic to the mainstream media than Joe Biden. Yesterday, between 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. on the day that Devin Archer was testifying before House Oversight, CNN and MSNBC mentioned Donald Trump's name between 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. They mentioned Donald Trump's name 759 times. They mentioned Devin Archer's name 48 times. Wow, is that pathetically bad? Wow, 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 wow. Why are the Democrats working so hard to defend Joe Biden, to prop up his decaying presidency? Because... They do not have anyone warming up in the bullpen, so to speak. Oh, Kamala Harris is out there. You know, sometimes in uh, Major League Baseball, there'll be a guy who hasn't gotten in a game for a long time, and he really wants the manager to notice, hey, I'm still here. Oh, Oh, skip over here. I'm still here. And he'll, like, go down to the bullpen and start warming up without being told to. Just so you'll know. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Harris is still on the team. So Kamala Harris <laughs> wants the Democrats to notice her. So she's doing like sit-down interviews and trying to get herself out there. That was what the whole reason for her trip to Florida was a week or so ago. So she could demagogue about the Florida American history curriculum that they cherry-picked one line out of that slaves, some of the slaves benefited from the skills that they learned during slavery and put it to good use, thus demonstrating their resilience and the fact that they didn't just give up once enslaved. See, I never, ever thought that hard work, dedication, stick-to-itiveness, adaptation, all those things, I never thought those would be bad things. I thought those would be always looked upon as good things. No. And sadly, we have some Republican candidates president who treasure the opportunity to stand a half inch taller by standing on someone else's perceived dead body, Ron DeSantis, and make themselves look a little bit better. Tim Scott chiefly siding with the woke Democrats on this has been a bitter disappointment. I used to think, ah, I could live with Tim Scott as president. I could live with Tim Scott as president when the alternative is Joe Biden, but I don't want Tim Scott as president if we could have 
Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy or maybe a few others if I really thought about it. But Kamala Harris's approval ratings are, well, they're at record level. That's the good news. The bad news is they're at bad record level. She is underwater by 17 points. That means that 32% of Americans approve of her. Really? Really? <laughs> 32%? <laughs> Have you people not been paying attention? 32% approve of her and 49% do not. She is negative 17. Now, what do other vice presidents look like in comparison to Kamala Harris? This shocked me. I don't know when this was taken. Like what? On the day Joe uh on the day that uh George W. Bush was elected, they took this? Dick Cheney plus twenty-three? Dick Cheney plus twenty-three. I, I would have thought negative twenty-three. Anyway, Dick Cheney plus twenty-three, Al Gore plus fifteen. That seems low to me. Joe Biden plus one. See, we didn't people think, oh Joe Biden's presidency disintegrated when he uh authored that awful withdrawal from Afghanistan. Joe Biden plus one as vice president. I think that proves nobody was that crazy about Joe Biden when he was vice president, let alone now. Mike Pence was minus four and Kamala Harris is minus 17. Now, uh, she was asked about her low approval ratings uh, by some um, person on ABC that I never heard of. Here's how that went. Oh, one more time. Sorry, sorry, Kamala. I didn't have your uh, I didn't have your microphone on. I uh, no, no, seriously, dear. I really would love to hear you explain your low approval ratings. There are reports that say that you have the lowest approval rating of any vice president. I'm curious how much of a role, if any, that you feel race and gender play in that. Oh. Well, there are polls that also say I have great approval ratings. I think the point that has to be made is that there are attempts to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. And what would those accomplishments be? Bidenomics. Maybe Bidenomics is what she's talking about. Uh, yesterday, Bidenomics claimed another victim. <laughs> the trucking firm, Yellow. You seen the trucks out there? They have just one word on them, Yellow. Folded up business, 30,000 employees out of business. Yellow got $700 million in PPE loans. And yet, in the immediate aftermath of that, or the relative immediate aftermath of that, Bidenomics has been so successful that the trucking firm Yellow is now, it appears, done. Those are the kinds of accomplishments people aren't focusing on enough and not giving enough credit to Kamala Harris and all the brilliance that she is bringing to the Biden administration, whether it is economically or whether it is on the border. Maybe there was a Venn diagram she could have drawn up that would have kept yellow in business. So a week from today is the special election in Ohio. State issue one is why you'll be going to the polls or why you would go and vote early. I am a proponent of state issue one. I want it to pass. I make no mis- no bones about hiding the fact that I want it to pass because it will make getting an amendment added to the Ohio Constitution allowing 
children to be aborted. It'll make it harder to get that ensconced in the Ohio Constitution. That is why I'm for state issue one. I am fully aware that the left is very adaptive and that the left will find a way or invent a way or lie about a way to use this to its advantage in future issues. I am fully aware of that. But I cannot imagine that they could employ it in ways that it was never intended to be employed that would do more evil than allowing the standard for abortions to be placed in the Ohio Constitution to be approved somewhere between 50 and 60% of the vote, by 50 or 60% of the vote. The abortion amendment on the ballot in November, I probably would expect it to have uh, 55-45 approval in the state of Ohio. And so it will pass if the standard is 50% to add an amendment to the Ohio Constitution. But if the standard is 60%, I don't believe it will pass. And I don't want it to pass. And thus, I'm for issue one. Now, the polling on issue one initially was not promising. Polls in the middle of July from Suffolk University and USA Today, and I smell a rat, found that 57% of respondents were against issue one. USA Today is (laughs) decidedly leftist and Marxist. It is one and the same with the Columbus Dispatch because Columbus Dispatch reporters are said to work for the USA Today network of reporters in matters covering the Ohio State House and state politics. You may notice from the editorial page of the Columbus Dispatch that it has been inundated with support for issue one, and there has been a modicum, which is to say maybe one or two pieces advocating for state issue one. That was the original poll, and I believe the Numbers were uh, touted to discourage proponents of state issue one. See, you're way behind. The game is over. Give it up. You can't win. That's what they were hoping would result from that USA Today Suffolk poll. But instead, what it seemed to do was awaken issue one proponents. Because the latest poll, now this was not the same polling institute. This was done by Ohio Northern University says that proponents of Issue 1 are at 42%, and opponents are at 41%. Now, the difference between the two, 1.4% to be exact, is well within the margin of error for the poll, which is just under 4%. So this is going to be an issue that is uh, too close to call. Too close to call. I have said before, I will say again, that it depends upon whether authentic Bible-believing Christians prioritize in getting out to the polls both in advance of August 8th and on August 8th. That is entirely what will decide issue one. But I am fully aware that there are those who agree with me wholeheartedly on making abortion as hard as possible to be allowed in the state of Ohio, and yet they are against state issue one. And they're doing it on constitutional grounds. And again, these are folks that I really like. I just happen to disagree with on this particular issue. Some of them work for 
uh, the Ohio Policy Roundtable. I've had Rob Walgate, the vice president of Ohio Policy Roundtable, here on the show before. Dave Zanotti is the guy who started that organization. Dave is a wonderful guy. He is, uh, I cannot say enough great things about Dave Zanotti. In fact, what I would say about Dave Zanotti is that his integrity and character is such that I think even though he knows that the passage of Issue 1 would make abortion harder to add to the Ohio Constitution, he deems the uh, pristine nature of the constitutional process one that should never be compromised for any reason. And it's not so much the 60% threshold on Issue 1 that bothers him as it is the way that citizens would get initiatives on the ballot in the future. Because now, you go out, you gather signatures, but you don't have to have 5% of the voters in every county. That is a provision that has been added to Issue 1, that in the future, if you want to add a, a proposed constitutional amendment to the ballot, you not only have to get the requisite number of signatures, which they did for this abortion issue that will be on the ballot in November, but you have to get a certain number of signatures from every county in Ohio. And the people who are against issue one say that this is far too stringent a standard. I'm open to being corrected on this, but I don't think I have a problem until it is pointed out to me in a way that I change my mind. I don't believe that it is wrong to expect a constitutional amendment in the state of Ohio that would affect every citizen of the state of Ohio. I don't think it's wrong to expect a portion of voters in every county to have to sign a petition in order to get that on the ballot. If all you need is a certain number of signatures or half the counties in Ohio, I think it makes it too easy to get issues on the ballot because what people can do is concentrate their signature gathering efforts in the big cities. And what voting block predominates in the big cities, not just in Ohio, but anywhere? Like, you know, on the night of a presidential election, if the votes in Georgia are in and 99% of the votes are in and Trump is ahead by 5,000 votes, you feel pretty good if the 1% of the votes outstanding are votes outside the city of Atlanta. But you're screwed if there are votes coming from the city of Atlanta, right? Same in Ohio. If you're, if you're getting votes from Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, inner city, and that's where people are concentrated and it's easiest to gather signatures, those are going to be Democratic signatures you're gathering. And the people who are signing for those issues are people who would sign or liberal-oriented, left-leaning issues. If those kinds of issues want to show up on a future Ohio ballot, then I don't think it's bad that people gathering those signatures are going to have to go into the Maria Steins and Coldwaters and Coshocktons of the state to get their signatures. So vote yes on issue one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost 
and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.